What real estate looks like in the world of Web3? Mortgage rates hit another high. Relief for FHA-backed borrowers and Redfin kicks off their one-stop shop strategy with an acquisition. These are your top four real estate stories this week, brought to you by PropLogix. With all this recent talk about NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and Web3 and real estate, I decided earlier this week to call Nathan Wozniak, the founder and CEO of Ubiquity, a real estate blockchain company. Nathan has been in the cryptocurrency game for 11 years and has been quoted by some big-name publications like Routers, Housing Wire, and The Wall Street Journal. Here's the interview. Nathan, welcome to Four Stories. Thank you so much, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. Nathan, kicking off, uh, can you explain kind of all these emerging technologies? How would you summarize Web3, blockchain, NFTs, and cryptocurrencies, all those things kind of in layman's terms? Layman's terms. I'll do my best to keep it in layman's terms. Well, you know, we have different uh, evolutions of the internet, right? We Everything started off with the internet being desktops, programs, local area networks, and in some cases, wide area networks. So extended local area networks of, of, of organizations, um, as well as residential systems. Um, web 1. So we think, like to think of Web 3 as really just one piece of the Web 3.0 component. And uh, it's a lot of marketing buzz. Uh, so Web3 proponents, in my opinion, you know, they limit their definitions to the evolution of the data layer of it. Of it. So they only talk about, you know, blockchain and DeFi, you know, uh, and those kind of things in NFTs. But it's only one subsect uh, of it. Actually, if you if you looked at it, the Web3.0 architecture, it's it's actually it extends to virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality, like you get with the Google Glasses, which, uh, you know, are interesting. Um as well as uh, artificial intelligence. So, you know, that's think of it like there's there's three different sections of it, but blockchain technology, Web3 uh, is only one part of it. And then, and then, of course, you get into NFTs. So I'm sure your listeners have heard NFTs used in the use case of art, um, being everything from Sotheby's selling NFT technology or, or NFT art, which effectively is an image that has... Um, some data in the back end, you know, a, a blockchain recording that can track ownership. And then there's other areas. I, I won't get into the IPFS side of things, but that's basically another way of storing that data and having an immutable record um, with a timestamp and all of that behind an image. And then, of course, you have all these creative artists who, who created NFTs, um, non-fungible tokens. And so really, they're basically cryptocurrency assets on a blockchain with the unique identification codes. That distinguishes them from each other. Uh, unlike cryptocurrencies, Jordan and listeners, they can't be traded at an exchange equivalency. So, of course, they can be exchanged on on crypto on NFT markets and that thing, that kind of thing. But um, really, they would be only for they'd, they'd be traded as NFTs. Uh, you know, for, for cryptocurrency, uh, they could be sold for a higher amount, and sometimes, I guess, and in some cases, a lower amount. But it wouldn't be a one for one value. Uh, so it's a bit yeah. different. It's non-fungible tokens versus fungible tokens. Gotcha. Um, in, in some cases, you know, and and, and um, my company, you know, Ubiquity, we've been really looking at um, pragmatic approaches to this technology. Um, we when we started the company six and a half years ago, we were looking for real use cases with blockchain tech. Started with parallel recording. Um, did other things. You know, we have we've been like spending out to um, tokenization as well. 
of property. Um, and, and some of the things that we're actually working on right now with one of our, our infrastructure partners out of um, Silicon Valley is called Real Items. And they actually have what's called uh, fidgetals. It's kind of a cute marketing term, but it effectively allows them to put uh, either a QR code or a technology called uh, NFC or near field communications. And your mm -hmm. listeners would probably know that by, you know, uh, your Visa or MasterCard that has the tap right. capability. Um, and so being able to take those physical items and turn them into non-fungible tokens. And so some of the use cases we've thought of are like title policies on the blockchain and, and with, with, uh, digital digital items, uh, maintenance records, uh, you know, industrial water heaters or air conditioning systems, things that have records, but are not stored in a proper manner. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. I have an industrial air conditioning system by Honeywell, and the maintenance records are kept on a piece of cardboard in my home. And then mm -hmm. some the company has it stored in some centralized database. Well, those records mm -hmm. can be falsified, uh, lost, like hacked, modified by a third party. Whereas, um, NFTs and blockchain technology would uh, mitigate, you know, the chances of that kind of fraud happening or loss of data. Yeah, I think you summarized blockchain uh, really well there too. Um, and so, it, NFTs is is a, is a big uh, topic right now. I, all of these things really are making headlines across the real estate sector. Property just actually announced today that they have a a second property that they are listing as an NFT. Uh, that they are putting on the market. They were they were also like the first one, at least to my knowledge, in the United States to to accomplish a sale like that. Um, That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're we're good friends with uh, Natalia and um, you know Michael Arrington, founder of TechCrunch. Uh, you know, he's he's obviously he put some of his property up in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, as an NFT to mm -hmm. showcase the power of blockchain technology and real estate. So, you know, we commend them. I think that they've taken an approach that's interesting. Um, certainly with approach with, with home ownership with NFTs, um, we've taken a different approach and, and, and so some other companies like, you know, BitPay's out there as well, uh, where we're looking at not adding extra layers of complexity and, and, and perhaps I'm wrong here. And, and maybe there's not a market demand just yet. And I could be completely wrong, and I'll regret this a year from now. Uh, there's a lot of money going into NFT technology, but we're, for us, we think, well, there's a, a, a growing demand, and we're still collecting all the statistics on this, all the data, uh, to find out, you know, what the real demand is for cryptocurrency plus real estate transactions. But we're getting inquiries every day. We have title companies, underwriters as well. Uh, Washington State Ranger Title will be working on uh, a cryptocurrency property uh, to be sold uh, a hybrid hybrid of uh, fiat uh, currency, so U.S. dollars, uh, as well as Bitcoin. So that's going to be mm. pretty, you know, unique. And we're working on a bunch of different deals with agents and, and brokers, too. So it's um, for us. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I just want to take a different approach, not adding NFTs to it. But really, what's the demand? Well, people have cryptocurrencies. People maybe want to do it with a stable coin, a stable coin being a cryptocurrency that, that is pegged against a, you know, fiat currency generally. Um, so that would be a, a good way to keep stability. And because that's the biggest fear that people have is volatility within the market. You know, you, you sell yeah. your home and the Bitcoin, imagine, imagine uh, selling your home and then the Bitcoin price just uh and that's right. That's what happened too. I remember the. I think I, it was like two days later after this one property was sold, the price of Ethereum, uh, at least the the Ethereum that they had, went down like sixty thousand dollars. So you're like taking something that's already a volatile investment and introducing 
even more risk into the transaction. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we, we, we mitigate that. I mean, we mitigate that through our, our payment processors. So we use, you know, we're white labeling a couple payment processors and they've, they've allowed us to be able to take regular cryptocurrency and then lock it in. Um, mm -hmm. But we generally try to push our customers to use stable coins. <laughs> that way yeah. it guarantees the price for everybody across the board. Right. So it's fair sure. for, even for our partners. So a lot of, uh, I would say of, of most of, the audience, most of the people listening, they're probably title agents. Um, that's PropLogix's bread and butter. Uh, the technology is obviously going to change uh, how real estate transacts. How is it going to impact title specifically, would you think? Um, you, you talked about uh, a little bit about how uh, through the blockchain and NFTs, how that would work. But how do you, what do you see as as the future of real estate with all these different technologies kind of coming in? I, 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 great question. I would say, personally speaking, um, and probably the, the views of at least some of our uh, team members and shareholders is being able to uh, speed up future title search and be able to reduce you know, errors that, that happened a lot of errors can happen through data entry and, and and mind you errors can still happen with blockchain technology but it can be kind of caught quicker um being able to i think not r reduce jobs within county recording offices but probably you know up the skill sets of people who are working there with this technology but i, th I think the biggest one that comes to mind is being able to speed up future title search um being able to get around having to use some of these data brokers that uh, companies use like Data Trace and others. Um, where do you really own that data? And then it could be. And I'm not saying anything bad against Data Trace and and First American, but there are agents, there are companies out there that they do kind of they can kind of control that market, and then they 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 control the flow of information and being able to build out something with blockchain technology and NFTs and being able to build go back to historical records, not just for for new titles, but going back historical data, say 10, 15, 20 years, particularly when it comes to using a more affordable blockchains uh, that, you know, Ethereum would be just so cost prohibitive. Bitcoin would be cost prohibitive for every transaction. But there are other blockchains out there like uh, Proton Chain. There are infrastructure partners. Uh, Polygon that has really brought down costs as well. Um, that could help not just for you know, new new titles or clean records of ownership, but being able to go historical. And I think that will help reduce fraud. It could help uh, speed up title search and uh, make things, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at like small efficiencies that are added over time will really make a big difference in the long, long term. Yeah. How can someone, <laughs> there's so much information about these, you know, it, even trying to summarize some of these different types of uh, technologies is really difficult. Um, how how can someone what's the best place for someone to go learn more stay informed or even start participating in some of these revolutionary uh processes and technologies absolutely well uh we have i would say coindesk is a good place to start for a lot of the news um if someone is somewhat technically inclined i would recommend they go to bitcoin.org and read satoshi nakamoto's white paper um that might be a lot to take in for the layman layperson but that that's a good place to start is coindesk obviously you know ubiquity we have free webinars we have uh premier webinars as well that we're putting out content as well um government blockchain association gbaglobal.org 
has a lot of free information and mem information for members as well. And just looking at going on Twitter, but being very careful. <laughs> There's a lot of scammers out there and, you know, don't fall for any of it. Make sure you know what you're doing. If you do, if, if the people are going to look at, you know, getting their first cryptocurrency as much as my friends, especially my Bitcoin maximalist friends will be hating to hear this starting on an exchange that, you know, has insurance is probably a good idea. Like there's Coinbase. Um, there are other exchanges out there that they could get started on, but they have to realize that if you don't own your, you know, if you don't have your private keys, you don't truly own that crypto. So try to trade it and then get off of it and, and store your own um, cryptocurrencies. Uh, you could do through, do, do through, uh, through ugh, can't speak. You can do this. You could probably edit that part. You could do so um, with uh, using wallet applications like Proton uh, Wallet. That's a good one. Uh, you can actually exchange multiple cryptocurrencies for free. So there's no costs uh, involved. That technology is called atomic swaps for anyone who's interested. And uh, being able to do, yeah. Uh, gas fee-less transactions, and then you hold your own keys, you have like your own wallet. Um, that's another place to start as well. So you can, you know, get a wallet from Proton Chain. Nathan, it's, uh, it's been really good chatting. And uh, I think that you have uh, really helped clarify a lot of uh, what's happening. And uh, obviously, I think it's safe to say if anyone has any further questions, they can reach out to Nathan Wozniak on LinkedIn. He's pretty active. Uh, I'm very active. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and, and actually, I'll add one thing. I'll, I'll give a little bit of a shout out here to Laura Pamatian. She's a broker and a realtor. And this lady has all of the crypto news every single day. She's a partner as well to Ubiquity and advisor. If anyone wants to follow her, uh, follow Laura Pamatian, follow me on LinkedIn. You can reach out Nathan at ubiquity.io um, or you can go to our website, ubiquity.io and we'll, we'll be more than happy to help you. Thanks a lot, Nate. Thank you. Have a great day. One year ago today, you could bank a 30-year fixed mortgage at a rate of 3.38%. Today, that number is roughly 5%, marking the first time in 11 years it's ever crossed that threshold outside of two days in 2018. This is partially due to recent policies introduced by the Federal Reserve to help curb inflation as well as global economic turmoil from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. For borrowers with government-backed loans, the FHA is seeking to introduce a 40-year loan modification option as it requests input from the mortgage industry. It's a plan that would prevent several thousand borrowers a year from foreclosure. As of December of last year, roughly 7% of FHA loans were considered seriously delinquent, which is considered high compared to pre-pandemic rates. The clear downsides to this option are slower earned equity and additional interest rates over 120 months, which don't necessarily outweigh the ability to retain a home. Redfin announced last Friday that they've completed their acquisition of Bay Equity Home Loans for almost $138 million in cash. The acquisition provides immediate benefits to customers, agents, and officers of Bay Equity, allowing Redfin to become a one-stop shop for consumers to buy, sell, rent, and finance a home. That's it for four stories. The news doesn't end here. Follow PropLogics on social media. Subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Watch behind-the-scenes footage on YouTube and comment down below to let us know what you think. I'll see you next week.